In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Before I start the sermon, I'd just like to remind you that nothing that comes easy, uh, nothing that comes easy is, is held on to, is, is found to be of value. When something easy comes, we say, easy come, easy go. Uh, and why I'm saying that is because right now, it is not easy to be in this space. Uh, it is hot, um, and we have um, a little ways to go. Uh, but this is important for us, that even in this heat, um, we kind of take away from the luxury that we have in our life uh, to come and to be in front of God and to present ourselves in front of God. It's important for us not to always feel entitled, uh, entitled to good weather, entitled to uh, you know the, the climate in the room to be under 75. It's, it's important for us to know these are luxuries that we enjoy, but by the way, not most, most of the world does not enjoy this. Uh, I was in, uh, I think I've said this joke before, but I was in uh, Sohag one, one year and they, a guy in a galabeya and like three layers of clothing is saying to me in Arabic, you know, the temperature outside is 115 degrees at least. It's, it's, it's so hot, you just, you just can't, you don't even want to move, you don't want anything to touch. You're just kind of sitting there or standing there. And he looks at me and says, I don't think God is going to put us in hell after all this heat that we've endured all of our lives. Um, so it's okay to suffer a little bit, but I'm asking the chanters, if you know how to pray a five to seven liturgy, right, a quick way, we'll do that after this just so that we can have some mercy on, on the people and on ourselves and it won't be a normal Sunday liturgy. Today is the first Sunday of the month of Abib. And as many of you uh, are aware, on the 5th of Abib is the Feast of the Apostles, the Feast of the Departure of St. Peter and St. Paul. They didn't die on the same day, it's just the Church had arranged for the celebration of their feast on that exact day. And, uh, and this is an ancient feast in the Catholic Church as well as in all the other Orthodox Churches. So we are uh, coming upon this. So in the month of Abib, what we remember are the Apostles. So every Sunday, every week, we're going to read something about the Apostles uh, during this month of Abib. And in this month of Abib, um, we have uh, this first Sunday, which is about the sending out of the 70 Apostles, <coughs> And we had last Sunday, uh, or sorry, last night, if you, we had, if you attended Vespers, the sending out of the Twelve. Forgive me, I'm just trying to pull this up, my, my sermon up. So. And, and so the sending out of the disciples, along with the Pauline and the Catholic epistles, as well as the Acts of the Apostles, we get an idea of the service of the Apostles in the beginning of the Church. But that's not going to be my sermon today. Uh, my sermon today, I want to start from a very uh, preliminary point, a beginning point, something that we all have to remind ourselves about. And if it's the first time that you're hearing it, something that you have to remember. What are we doing here? What we're doing here in the church right now is an extension or the extrapolation or the continuation of what the apostles did in the very beginning. 
except we don't realize it because we're so separated from the apostles. The sending out and the preaching, uh, all of the, that was happening in the very beginning is supposed to happen now and today. But we find ourselves in a, a stuffy room right now, um, listening to a sermon and about to attend liturgy to partake of the gospel, to partake of the body and blood. Most of us come to church with the idea that the most important thing that I'm coming for is to partake of the body and blood. And because that's the most important thing, everything else is, is far secondary. In fact, some people would say, if I'm not going to take communion, what's the point of going to church? Well, there's many points to going to church, and that's what I want to get at today, right now. The purpose of why we are here, and why do we even you know, have readings before we come to Holy Communion? A lot of times we think all I have to do is repent and be good with God and that's, my, that's the only thing that I'm required of, that's required of me in order to partake of Holy Communion. And if that was the only thing that was required of you, I assure you, I promise you, can you close that door? I promise you that there would have been confession and then Communion. The church would have arranged it like that. The church would have arranged if, if it's only that you confess and you repent, that's the only uh, quality or qualification that you need to take communion, then that's how it would have been set up. But it's set up completely differently, especially now, just because of the heat, Malish. So just the way that it's set up now, we're coming, and Origen and other fathers of the church would say, you have to partake of the word of God with your ear, before you can partake of the Word of God with your mouth. And partaking of the Word of God with your ear is not a mere listening in one ear out the other ear, but it is a listening and a remembering. Now, there's so much that needs to be taught in the church, but cannot be done in the 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes uh, during the sermon. We can't teach about all the dogma. We can't teach about all the tradition. We can't teach about the liturgy and its fullness. We can't teach about the history. We can't go into morality. We can't go into social action. How to deal with sick people. How to deal with dying people. How to deal with homeless people. We can't do that all in this short time. We only touch on these things in a few minutes in the sermon. But regrettably, sermons are often forgotten. Granted, they're not that, that interesting sometimes, but you know, you have to put yourself in a position where you're asking God, give me one word that I can take away from this sermon. So the first point of my sermon, getting to the gospel today, the first point of my sermon is, come prepared to hear something. Come prepared to receive something for you, not for somebody else. Not for like, I'm going to tell this person something I heard in the sermon. Something for you. Which means I have to be paying attention. And not just at the sermon, the gospel, and not just the gospel, all the other readings. I have to pay attention and be ready to hear something that's going to be for me. And I hope that our minds are like, and our hearts are like new wineskins, ready to take in the new wine. As opposed to our hearts being like sieves. Or our hearts being like colanders. Do the kids know what a sieve or a colander is? When mom makes macaroni, 
right? And she's got to drain the pasta. She puts the pasta in a container that's a colander or a sieve, so that what falls through? The water, right? So you just keep the macaroni in there, right? And that's what a sieve is, and that's what or a, a colander. We don't need our hearts to be like sieves or colanders. We want our hearts to be as Christ called us to be, the, the new wineskins, to receive the new wine. So I have to prepare myself. So what is your responsibility is to come to church, not to jump through a bunch of hurdles in order to take communion, but you come to church prepared to hear something. Because when you hear something, you are trying to the best of your ability to be what you were created to be, which was in the image and likeness of God. You were created to be like God. So we listen to the Word of God to help us to be like God. And we listen to the Word of God which is powerful. The Word of God is not just a word that's spoken and forgotten, a word that is heard and then uh, it's forgotten afterwards. The Word of God is His action. Go back to Genesis. When God said, let there be light, was He just talking? He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be light, and there was light. His Word is His action. And Jesus Christ, when He came to earth in the flesh, He came to show us how to return to the Father and how to be like God. Think about all the times Jesus went to pray and he'd spend the whole night praying. Well, isn't he united with God? Why, doesn't he have, why does he have to spend the night praying? He's spending the night praying to show us what our relationship is supposed to be like with God. Okay, we might not be able to pass the entire night in prayer, but we can spend a few minutes in the morning. We can spend a few minutes in the evening, during our lunch, before we eat. Uh, during before we drive we can spend these moments returning to God in our right relationship with God now beyond taking communion sorry now so if if my if if we come with this idea that I am listening to the word of God then I should remember what I'm hearing it is it, it's not a, something that's wrong or bad or beneath any of us to take a pen and paper and write down what's going on. So that before I hit the coffee, I have at least a, a record of what's going on. I, I'm going to try and, and maybe um, upload these sermons to a SoundCloud and we can share it and we can review it in the week so that we have something to go back to. And if that happens, God willing, we'll send out an email to all of you and if you're on the email list, you will receive this email. If you're not on the email list, uh, you can speak with, uh, with somebody who's on the email list uh, or repeat here or somebody else to take down your email. But the point being is that we have to remember what we are, what we are listening to. So if that's writing it down, if it's taking notes on our, on our iPhone, of course putting in airplane mode so we're not uh, getting all these alerts from other things, then if that's what I have to do, then that's what I have to do in order to walk out of here with something substantial. The word of scripture that we listen to and are meant to make us in the perfect image of Christ cannot complete this without our uniting ourselves with Christ. So this is why it's step one here. 
This is the first stop. Step two is forgiveness and reconciliation. And there are several steps that we go to until the final step, which is our partaking of the body and blood of Christ. What we do in this liturgy is to remember. And the work of the Christian is to remember. And I'm going to emphasize that remembering so much because Christ himself said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, we might think this means the divine liturgy, but it is not clear what this means. This could mean anything and everything. This could mean the preaching of the gospel and of the healing of the sick. This could mean taking in an, uh, the homeless, taking in the stranger, clothing the naked. This could mean anything that Christ did in, the liter- in, sorry, in His life. And most likely it means everything that Christ did in His life. Remember. We have to remember. And there are three major sins of the soul. The one of them, which I'll just touch on, is forgetfulness. That we heard it, but we forget. We heard it, but we're just not really trying to remember as much as we should. The others are ignorance and laziness. But forgetfulness is one of those. What is the opposite of forget uh, of remembrance? In the Greek, the word remember is anamnesis. But there's a very common English word which is the opposite of that word, anamnesis. Does anybody know it? Amnesia. To, to, to forget. And, and this is what the world is encouraging us to do. Remember what you heard in church? That's for the saints. That's what the world will tell you. Remember what you heard in church? That's for the monks, the nuns, abuna. That's for other people. We're, we're just normal people. We can only do so much. And so we think about things in a different lens. And that's the lens that the world gives us to look at things. And that's why we forget or we make justification for not doing what is being asked and required of us in the gospel. And when I forget what is being asked of me, we might think that we will not be, it will not be, um, we will not be held accountable for it, but we will. Every year we come back, first week of the first month, uh, sorry, of the month of Abib, first week we have this gospel to remind us every year of something in particular, every month. So let us not forget and let us turn to the readings of today. Just very quickly give you an overview so that you can go home and look at these things a little bit deeper. The Pauline epistle today was taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is all about St. Paul. Chapters 1 through 8 Chapters 1 through 8 speak about the church in Corinth um, and some of the divisions and the problems and in particular uh, in chapter 8 about the difficulties um, of, uh, of the worship of idols and everything that goes along with it. And then what St. Paul does in chapter 9 now is presents himself as a good example of what to follow. Earlier on he said, you know, in this world you do not have many fathers. He says, imitate me. And later on he's going to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
So when we think about the apostles, we see them going out and we read chapter 9 and we see St. Paul speaking about how he has become all things to all people so that he might by, some mean, by all means save some. So he's working on saving some. And at the end of it he says, I run like this, not with uncertainty. I fight like this, not as one who just throws punches into the air. I discipline my body, I bring it into subjection, lest when I, am, I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So he is looking at himself in his own spiritual life that it is important for him to maintain the right spiritual life in order for him to speak to others about Christ. We can't just speak to others about Christ. We have to live Christ. We have to unite ourselves with Christ. We have to be more concerned about our relationship with Christ, more concerned about our relationship with Christ than what other people are doing wrong. We have to be, worried. We have to be on that path of, of righteousness ourselves. And in the, the Catholic epistle, it was the beginning of first epistle of St. Peter. And so you have Paul and Peter, right? Peter and Paul, like the feast that we're going to celebrate in a couple days. Peter and Paul's... Uh, so St. Peter is speaking about... Um, he's writing to a church that's heavily persecuted, but speaking about the genuineness of their faith and the preciousness of their faith, which is more precious than gold and as though it's being tested by fire. And he says, though you are not receiving him, yet you believe and you... Re- and you Rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So if, if during this period of time we can follow the example of the apostles, first to subject our bodies, to discipline our bodies, to live the ascetic life, the second thing we have now is the joy and joy inexpressible. What brings us joy? We, in the world, we buy things to make us happy. And when we are no longer happy with those things that we buy, we return them at Costco and we go get new things. Or we, we, we find other things to buy to make us happy. This is just, again, the sieve of our hearts sometimes is not being satisfied by the materials of this world because the materials of this world cannot give us the joy that comes from Christ. So this joy inexpressible is something that we have to search for we almost have to beg for it. Grant me the joy, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. We say that in Psalm 51. Every day. So this joy that I'm searching for, allow it even during the tough and difficult times of my life, the suffering that I might be enduring, let me never forget that it's not an excuse that I should lack the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit and the peace that comes from God. And then we have the sending out of the 70 in, in, in Luke chapter 10. And he says, Do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in the kingdom of heaven. This emphasis on that word joy, because Christianity, listen to this, Christianity equals joy. Christianity equals joy. Christianity is not so much about I know the creed and I can understand the theology that's in the creed it's from what I know and from what I have I have joy within me and what I give to others is the joy that is within me not not a a, a set of rules or laws not a set of what this is right this is wrong 
but I give them the joy that is in me and, and that joy is contagious so Jesus is not saying don't, don't, don't rejoice because you can cast out spirits rejoice because your names each and every one of your names is written in the kingdom of heaven and we can have that joy now as we struggle even in the, the worst times in our spiritual life as we struggle to get up we can have this joy because God has granted us this joy through His Holy Spirit. And we thank God and the Apostles for what they have passed on to us. All that we are doing right now, all that we are involved in right now and in the next hour or so, is to help us acquire that joy, hold on to that joy, remember that joy, so that when I walk out of these doors, I don't forget what just happened. Every Sunday is different. <coughs> Every time I say, Lord, have mercy, it's different. Every time I sing glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, it's different. Every time I say, Agios, Otheos, it's different. It's new. And it's constantly being renewed. For those uh, who have, who have uh, spouses or children or parents that are, are still with you, every time you say, I love you to that person, it's different. It's not the same. Because it, there's more to love about that person. There's, there's more that you see in that person. There's a deepness. There's an infinite deepness to the love that we are able to give to another person. So when we come to Christ, it's different. When we say, Lord have mercy, because our relationship with Him should have changed, should have, should have, have more substance to it. When I say, Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, it's different from the last time. Because there's more to my relationship. So what we do here, we've got to remember what we're doing here. And I'm not saying this too because I think my words are especially important. But I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to inspire within you, which is my job, in this time, in this short period of time, and I, I promise you my sermons are not going to always be this long. But in this time, it's my job to inspire you so that you can go out and do what you've heard. And I'm encouraging you. I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to make you feel like everything is okay. But I'm here to inspire you. Uh, and I ask God to inspire all of us through His Holy Spirit. That we can do what, we're being, what, we are being, uh, what is being given to us. Remembering the judgment. Woe to you Chorazin. Woe to you Bethsaida. Woe to you Southern California. For if the things that were done in you had been done in them, they would have, they would have uh, repented in, ashcloth, in, 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 in ashes and sackcloth. Right? woe to you and I'm not saying woe to you but I'm saying just we have to be mindful of this to whom much is given much is demanded and a lot is being given to each and every one of us may God may God give us the ability and the strength through his Holy Spirit and the grace to live our life according to his will to remember what we hear to renew within us the image of him who created us so that we could live in the image and likeness of God. May He grant us the joy that is inexpressible and grant us the ability to live an ascetic life so that we can receive this joy and the grace of the Holy Spirit and that we can ultimately be able to share this grace, this joy, this love, this peace with those in our lives, especially those who desperately need it. To God be the glory now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. Blessed are you.